0: What's doing, everybody? Today is Thursday, November 16th, and I have got a stacked program for you guys. Joining me on the show is two members of Congress, including Representative Tim Burchett of Tennessee and Representative Troy Nels of Texas. Also, longtime Trump advisor Roger Stone joins me on the podcast as well. I'm Alec Lace. This is The Alec Lace Show
1: the american family is under attack parents are the underdog of this nation your children are being indoctrinated that's right your children they do not belong to the state they do not belong to the school system they belong to you, the parents, as a blessing from God our Father. So let's preserve, protect, and fight for the American family together. You're listening to The Alec Lay Show. The future is family.
0: Welcome, everybody, to the Alec Lay Show. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. Thank you for tuning in. If you're watching the broadcast live here on Rumble, I would love it if you can get down there and hit that share button. Share it on all your social medias and anybody in your contact list that you think would enjoy uh, this particular type of show. And I can't say thank you enough, uh, specifically to you guys here on Rumble, for all you've been doing to help share these episodes. Because I, because of you and your suggestions and making this show popular here on Rumble, we're constantly being featured on the editor's picks I've been able to land so many great guests. I've got three of them joining me here on the podcast today. And again, I just want to say thank you to you, watcher. Thank you to you, listener out there for making all of this possible. And if you're anything like me, you know, for you guys who are just new to this show, new to this podcast, you know, my full-time job is a railroad mechanic. I've been working for the railroad for the last 24 years. I'm married with four kids. And I am feeling the effects of what has happened over the last three years to this country. Uh, In particular, the inflation crippling so many American families and I'm one of them. I'm I'm right there. I got six mouths to feed in this house here. And since Joe Biden took office, everything has gone out the window. You work so hard. You got to pick up extra shifts. You're doing what you can. And now this guy, number one, Joe Biden is dangerous to this country as far as allowing all these illegal immigrants into the country. He's dangerous because he has, costed, he has cost you and your family so much more when you go to the grocery shopping, when you go to fill up your tank. So there's so many things to really hate on, but specifically American families are getting crushed by this Biden administration. We know what's going on with the school systems and the whole bit. And And if you're anything like me, You are completely frustrated with what's going on with the GOP, with the Republican Party, uh, with the conservatives. What is going on in the House of Representatives here? Because I feel underserved. I don't feel uh, like the politicians that are in Washington supposed to be representing me are doing their job. And it's very frustrating to watch. We know that the Republicans and the Democrats are always going at it with one another, but now they continue to go at it with each other. And sometimes, right, you need some fighting to uh, to figure out which direction you're going to go. Understand that. But this is going on way too long, way too much of it. And there are so many snakes in the grass in the Republican Party that it almost seems impossible to weed them all out. Because just when you think you get one out, you get another one in. And then specifically, we're talking about here Right from the beginning of the year, we saw it with trying to elect a speaker at a house. It took 15 shots to get Kevin McCarthy into the speaker seat. And that came with a little bit of a clause. It came with a little bit of a, hey, we're going to hold your feet to the fire here. Matt Gates said, we want you to do this, 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 and this. Kevin McCarthy didn't do any of it. And so they threw him out. Uh, we've never seen anything like this before. And so now Kevin McCarthy, is very jaded. Obviously, his, his ego is damaged. And so th- there's got to be a lot of just um, just frustration going on inside the party. We can see it and we all feel it. Now, what recently happened, we got buried on election day. We're constantly seeing that, you know, now we're not going to impeach Joe Biden. What's going on with the impeachment with Mayorkas? It just seems like loss after loss after loss. And all we want is to see Trump back in the White House and turn this whole thing around. So where did this lead to? Well, Kevin McCarthy has built up animosity. uh, Tuesday, reportedly, he elbows Congressman Tim Burchett in the back, in the kidneys. Hits him with a kidney shot. That's what he says. Now, we have the one reporter from NPR who confirmed that and said that there was definitely an altercation that went on. So I want uh, I wanted to have Congressman Tim Burchett on to talk about that but to talk about so many of the other things that are going on that you care about that I care about that are happening right now in Congress with the GOP uh, with with the Republicans. So let me first play you this clip of Tim Burchett talking about the incident that we're going to discuss here that I'm going to ask him about and then I'm going to bring him on to the program. Here's here's Tim Burchett talking about the altercation with former speaker of the house Kevin McCarthy.
2: Well, I was doing an interview um with um, Claudia from NPR, uh, a lovely lady and she was asking me a question and, and at that time I uh, got elbowed in the back and it kind of caught me off guard because it was a clean shot to the kidneys and I turned back and there was there was Kevin and um, and I, I for a minute I was kind of what the heck just happened and then I um, you know I, I chased after him of course he's uh, as I've stated many times he's a he's a bully with 17 million dollars in a security detail. You know, he's the type of guy that when you're a kid would throw a rock over the fence and run home and hide behind his mama's skirt. And he just, you know, he, he, uh, from behind that kind of stuff. It, you know, that's not the way we handle things in East Tennessee. We, we, if we have a problem with somebody, I'm going to look them in the eye and, and talk to them. Okay.
0: All right. So Congressman Tim Burchett was making the rounds yesterday. He was on all the different shows talking about this incident. So I don't want to beat it to death, but I kind of want to get an update on it. And then we're going to go into everything else. Don't forget. Coming up right after my interview with Congressman Burchett, I will be joined here by Congressman Troy Nels. And then following that, I will be joined here by Roger Stone. So keep it locked in here to the Alec Lay Show as we move along the program today. But as for right now, we're going to bring on Congressman Tim Burchett. Got him in the Zoom room. Uh, He is the uh, representative from Tennessee's uh, 2nd District. He's been representing uh, in Congress since 2019. It's an honor to get him here, so let's bring him on. Uh, Joining me now, Congressman Tim Burchett. Welcome to The Alec Lay Show.
2: Thanks for having me, brother.
0: Well, it's an honor to have you here. And I know the news cycle moves really quick. So uh, what happened on Tuesday now seems to be such a long time ago. But I know that you were talking about what had happened. Kevin McCarthy had uh, his version of what happened and we saw uh, the reporter, Claudia Grisalis from NPR, sort of really just reinforce and back up your statement there. What's the latest here? Any any changes to this? Has Kevin McCarthy spoken to you about it? Is is this kind of like already brushed by? What's the latest?
2: Uh, the latest is it's I guess it's, I think it's blown over. I mean, the news keeps talking about it and people keep rehashing it. Um, I thought it was kind of ironic that here I am, a conservative, my ratings are in the nineties or a hundred percent with a lot of these rating agencies here in DC. And, and I was being interviewed by NPR and Claudia is her name. Um, she, um, she was the one who tweeted about it and she backed me up. So it was just kind of a, and I never put anything out about it. It just, the press kind of was organic. It was, so I'm hoping it's over today. I just, you know, I, I there's a lot of reasons I, I, I voted to depose, Speaker McCarthy, um, you know, one of them. I was, I was on CNN, and I said they asked me what was my thought process, and I said, well, I'll be praying about it. And then, you know, he called me, and I thought was in a very derogatory terms, said you know about my prayer, and then some other things, and you know, I just, I just thought to myself, that's just, I guess that that answers my, my question, my prayer, um, what I need to do, and. um, And so that's that's where it was. You know, it's one of eight. And and it's just and it's over now. Thank goodness. I'm kind of glad I want to move on. I've got we've got a country to run and we've got to govern. We've got to fix our thirty three trillion dollars in debt. We've got a border crisis and other things. And just to me, it's just a big distraction.
0: Yeah, I'm going to get to those two things in just a second. But I would imagine, too, for for former Speaker McCarthy, uh, his pride has got to be just smashed. His ego has got to be destroyed. I mean, this is a guy that went 15 rounds to get elected a a Speaker in the first place. And now he's the only guy that ever been thrown out of the chair. Uh, So I would just imagine that it's got to be very – it's got to be weird kind of being in in the house with him still there now knowing that everybody kind of like even the people that were on his side feel pity for him so I can only imagine uh, what type of shape he must be in mentally as he goes to work every day.
2: Yeah, I'd say he's just kind of spiraling a little bit and I, and I I always pray for him regardless of the situation. I did this morning, I have today and you know it's just um uh, it's just a pitiful situation. I think it's a sad asterisk on his his career. And he could go out on top, and it just it just gets worse. It seems.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully it doesn't go down any lower. But also Tuesday we saw Senator uh, Mullen go at it with uh, the Teamsters uh, O'Brien. We saw uh, Re- Representatives uh, Comer and Mark and getting into it uh, verbally as well. So I think it's kind of a reflection really of what's going on in America in general when it comes to the political or politics in America. Uh, citizens are fed up, voters are fed up, Americans are fed up. We're just kind of tired uh, of it seems like our uh, you know what's going on in Washington not reflecting the needs of the people here uh, in the United States and and I will I will start here too with the the continuing resolution. I know you voted against it. Uh, it, it passed with no spending re, uh, reductions and no border security. And everyone, especially on the right, the conservatives, uh, you're saying, what, what, what's going on here? It's just more of the same.
2: Yeah, it's a, of course, the speaker had two weeks. I didn't vote for it. I didn't like it. It is more of the same. It's just funding Pelosi and um, and Schumer's bad policies. Um, he had two weeks to work on it. The former speaker, you know, had since January, and then took off the entire month of August, and and two weeks into September, and then pushed us up against the September 30th deadline. And honestly, the reason they do that, brother, is that it's it's both parties do it, and the reason they do that is it's because they they've taken care of their lobbyist buddies and the and the special interest, and that's the uh, that's the main reason. And we're 33 trillion dollars in debt because of that that kind of um irresponsible behavior and hopefully uh this speaker has said mike johnson has said you know we're going to work on a budget um jody arrington out of texas chairs the budget committee he's the best guy for that job and he believes it you know a prior speaker had him in um to speak to us for five or ten minutes and you know he got the obligatory golf clap from every from all the leadership and then they just pat him on the head and send him on his way but this speaker has um has actually brought it up and and I think we're going to move towards a budget because with a budget as you know um, it breaks down individual spending and then you show the patterns and you show where the money's going they don't want that leadership in either party doesn't want that they'll talk about the fights and everything but you know then they're sipping champagne at, at some fancy resort together as they're speaking at some you know group on on friendship in politics or something you know and And that's what it it, it comes down to. So, you know, it's a um, it's uh, it's a give and take. And right now, for the last 30 years, pretty much, it's been the conservatives are giving and the liberals are taking.
0: Yeah. And it it seems like the American citizens having everything taken away from them just more and more. And it seems like, too. Now, another thing with with Speaker Johnson now, uh, he had really I mean, if you if you look at any of the polls or the or or the kind of consensus on, on social media, Uh, Everybody on the right seemed to be for this. They were, number one, they all wanted to see McCarthy out. I mean, it was overwhelming support to get him out. And it was kind of a a little bit of a mix with with Speaker Johnson coming in. But one of the things, I mean, everybody wanted to see uh, this Joe Biden impeachment and Speaker Johnson said there's insufficient evidence at the moment to initiate formal impeachment proceedings. And everyone's kind of like taken back by that by saying, What What are you talking about? That there's, there's no evidence here y- yet? They had no evidence against Donald Trump, they impeached him twice. So people are like, How could you? You know, we, we were kind of excited, okay, we got the new speaker, then to come in, it was kind of a big letdown, uh, to hear him say something like that.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, but if you notice too, we've just now. Um, subpoenaed Hunter Biden and and the president's brother as well. So we're moving in the in the right direction there. I think he's a he's a constitutional lawyer. I think he wants to have it locked down pretty tight. And and I, and that to me is um, is okay. But I think the reality though is when we do impeach this president, which I'm sure we will, that it won't clear the Senate and the Justice Department. I mean, you know they. Yesterday, I saw the numbers twenty four million dollars they've received the Biden crime family. And mean, you're talking about down to the grand, minor grandchildren, kids that aren't even. I think one little girl was twelve years old. I think that she received a big fat check from somebody overseas, and um, and this this Justice Department refuses to look at any of this, brother. I mean, they are that gummit, They they just not going to look at it. So you know, we're going to hang an impeachment on him. He's still going to be in office. And then I don't know what we got out of that other than to say we impeached him um, because the corrupt nature of our Justice Department right now is is absurd and it's and it's completely on display. I think the the one issue, though, that I wish more people like yourself would bring up and nobody seems to bring it up is the um is the Al Capone situation. I mean, Al Capone was a horrible murder and thug, bootlegger, everything. But what they got him on, you know, was tax evasion. There's no proof that they've paid a dime of taxes on this $24 million. And if you and I, heck, if you and I sell 500 dollars worth of baseball cards and comic books on eBay, we get sent a letter from the IRS. And this bunch has got millions that they've received from overseas, corrupt overseas officials, mobsters, uh, business plans. Some of them you can't find anymore. They just disappeared, which to me is is a story unto, unto itself. And yet they haven't paid showed proof of paying any taxes on this stuff. So I think at some point that should come into play as well. It does, uh,
0: Congressman, seem like the, the evidence is there. And what does it mean? What did they? They knew that Trump wouldn't get impeached past the Senate either, but they did it anyway, and they did it twice. And every time they refer to him, they say the, the twice impeached former president. And so it, it it does matter, I think, and and it's it, it's I think it's important. But now it just seems like it's it's taking so long that by the time this does happen, uh, Trump will probably be already back in office. By the time we come around to this, but uh, right. also too another thing where it felt like we got let down was this impeachment of Mayorkas, which you would think would be a slam dunk because this guy has got the border so screwed up, America families are suffering so badly in this country because of the open border they're stuffing these guys and girls all over the place they have no idea what to do with the overwhelming amount of people that are just invading the country and we couldn't we couldn't even get the resolution passed that uh marjorie Taylor Greene put on the floor to yep. impeach this guy well <laughs> if we can't right. impeach him how do we think we're gonna impeach biden
2: well they sent it back to committee you i this goes back to, you know, that's why we have we should have some strong primaries and we should start putting electing conservative officials uh, to Congress again. And and we've, um, you know, the former speaker um, apparently fought five of the conservatives in their primaries and lost. He, he had, was promoting some of the more liberal folks and he lost in those races and where we were told you're not supposed to mess in the primaries. So I think that that's a um, that's a real a real indicator of of why we needed to clean house as well, because they're recruiting these these moderate liberal Republicans that some of them didn't win. And some of them that got here have, have just done exactly what you just said.
0: Yeah, we we're kind of getting, to be honest, tired of losing here, Congressman, especially we just saw this last election. We're losing on so many fronts. It's getting so frustrating to watch. And it's kind of mind boggling because we're looking around at the state of the country and we can't figure out why in the world all these people are voting to keep it the same way and to see more of it. We got two major wars that have broken out over the uh, over, across the world. We got the border wide open. Inflation is crushing families. Everyone's like, people are voting for more of this. We can't get a single win on a single issue anywhere. And it's very, very frustrating. And, and then, then I'm going like- wanna- to.
2: And we've got a president that can't find the soft serve ice, ice cream machine in the White House. I mean, he's just stumbling around and it's just yep. it's, it's yeah. a real bad situation. You're right. It's-
0: Stumbling, bumbling, mumbling—he's embarrassing himself. Now we see the CCP has taken over California. Uh, They're rolling through town. They cleaned up the streets, got the homeless. All of a sudden, they—they—they just magically made them all disappear. And it just seems like it's—it's another loss. But I wanted to ask you—I know you signed the letter uh, against uh, uh, Secretary Buttigieg because they want to pack. Just sticking with the border and and these illegal immigrants—they're packing them into the airports now. I know they're doing that in Chicago. They want to do it here. I'm in New Jersey here. They want to use the airports down in Atlantic City to start stuffing these migrants there. They want to use airports in New York. Uh, what, what What is the latest on that? Did, did, I know you you were against this. Uh, are they going through with that? What's the latest on that?
2: Well, of course, what they'll do is by executive action until we slap their hands. And, and then there's the enforcement level. It, what's going to have to happen is you got to get back to states' rights. These states are going to, as New York, as you saw, I mean, that's an issue. you got the governor of New York, the mayor of New York City, saying enough is enough. We can't take any more of this. Heck, the the mayor of Washington D.C. said, "You got to tell these federal employees they got to start going back to work." You know they're all working from home, and um, and that you know how that well that works. It's just completely out of control, top to bottom. And those are the issues that we should be accentuating. And I'm afraid that our leadership in our party, the 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 chairman of our party. I don't think they quite grasp that. Maybe they're staying in too many four star motels and flying around the country, uh, which is which is quite ridiculous and all that as well. So I think it's you've got to articulate that message and it's not that hard to do Hey, just show a camera on the streets of these cities like yourself, these homeless, these um, these illegals, the crime rates that are going up, the cost. I mean, the schools. Hospitals, everything else. To me, that, that, that's just an easy issue to bring out.
0: Yeah, and they don't really have to look too far to see it, Congressman, because just the other day you had thieves try to steal a Secret Service vehicle. I mean, this is a detail for the president's own granddaughter, and these thugs tried to rob it. And then the Secret Service shoots at them, misses, and these guys get away. And then we're thinking, like, wait a second, this is supposed to be the most secure place on the planet, uh, the best uh, Secret Service in the world. They let these uh, common criminals just escape their grasp. They have cocaine in the White House. The Secret Service can't figure out who it belongs to. God forbid that was actually some kind of poisonous, but material uh, what would they have done then so everyone's just kind of like even you don't have to look too far to see the incompetence and the crime rate that's going on in this country here
2: yeah i was in on the the front end of that issue with the cocaine in the white house i mean that that deal is a screwy deal i don't know that they found it in that locker that's where they put it there's a lot of lot of stuff going on with that and the national media just refuses to even ask any questions which obviously they're in bed with 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 the marxist that are trying to run this country. I mean, you might as well just say this is Obama's third term. That's what it seems like. And, and I, I honestly thought
0: they were going to have a fall guy, somebody to take the fall for the cocaine. I was surprised they didn't come up with some, you know, uh, a third level guy and say, oh yeah, it was this guy's uh, sister or somebody like that. I thought I figured they would pay a fall guy because Everyone's thinking right now, uh, you know, Hunter walks around with white stuff on his face. Practically every day. Everyone say, well, wait a minute. Why don't we investigate this guy? Where was he when the cocaine went down again? We don't have cameras in the white house that were pointed in that direction. nobody believes that everyone thinks right now they know exactly whose it is. And they're just not telling us just, right. Just like the Ep- just like the Epstein list somebody somewhere is holding the Epstein list w- w- and they know exactly every name that is on it and that being held from the american public is a sin and a crime and i cannot understand why nobody has managed to leak it when every single other document in this country seems to get leaked
2: well, where where was the um on the uh, on the um that 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 high end um uh house of prostitution they said they had Federal employees and contractors and all this other stuff, and they were Chinese ladies, obviously, and um, and of course that that tells you that has that should probably has ties to the CCP, you know, the the, the virtual honeypots, and they had everybody's name, uh, their address, their email address, and why isn't that public made public record? It just doesn't make any sense, and it and it should, and we've uh, it's just out of control. It's completely out of control. Yeah. And Congressman,
0: the other thing out of control, obviously, I mentioned is the inflation. It's really crushing families. Now we're coming up to the holiday times here. Uh, you know, everyone's going to be doing their holiday shopping and they want to be doing some traveling. But it's different right now because it, it, prices are up everywhere that they look. Meanwhile, you have Biden touting this Biden inflation as if it's the best thing that's ever happened. It, it, it's like what we're seeing from the president, what we're seeing on social media and what we're actually witnessing at the grocery store, what we're seeing at the gas pump, what we're seeing when we look around does not match what he's saying. Uh, where is the relief coming? Are we just going to have to wait until he's out of office? Is there anything possible that could happen to help? Bring the people some relief.
2: Well, it's the out of control spending. 33. Imagine this. 33 trillion in debt. A trillion. We pay a trillion a year in interest. That's just throwing money away. And these economists, I keep reading these reports. Oh, this debt's okay. You know, it's just what government does. Well, that trillion dollars a year that we're throwing away, which in seven years will honestly be the largest single item, single item, the interest (laughs) alone will be the largest single item in our budget. So um, I think we we ran up a trillion dollars in three months this year. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. We are lo- we're we're going to lose everything because we'll be in an economic downturn. Our enemies will just uh, you know our borders are wide open. We're looking at conflicts all over the world. We're in Ukraine. We got 114 billion dollars. Remember they told Trump when he tried to build the wall four billion dollars. Oh that'll we can't afford that right. we'll break that will break our uh, back. yeah, 114 billion unchecked dollars to the shadiest crookedest country in Europe and um, and when we're even Time magazine of all people is not exactly a conservative uh windfall there, they even wrote a big article last week or so on that on that very issue of just how shady things were going on in Ukraine and nobody picked it up. It's it's unbelievable, and to think that those people had business dealings with Hunter Biden as well. So you, can, it's not too hard to draw connect the dots with this with this corrupt situation
0: you don't have to be an international spy to see that this guy is Zelensky is in up to his ear in corruption and then you have president Trump ask this guy to look into the Biden corruption and then he got impeached yeah. so it's like the the whole, the whole thing just seems like a, a big scam and a joke on the american people and it is on us cuz our our kids and our grandkids are going to bear the result of what we're seeing with this out of control spending and the budget that's out of uh, you know just off the hook so let, let, let's finish this out here, Congressman. What are we doing now from now till the end of the year in the House? What are we? What can we look to to end this year on a positive note? Any anything coming up? Anything going to be presented? Any, anything we have to cling to some hope for the end of the year
2: here? Well, hopefully we'll um, we'll we'll finish out with a few of these appropriations bills, and we're making some cuts on them. We are we have amendments going to them, but there again, the moderate Republicans will not allow. Amendments that make cuts. I mean, these are some cuts that you know you just think "Why, well, yeah, let's do it. And yet they will not, they just won't do it. And um I feel like we've got a lot of people that are compromised one way or the other. and uh, uh I don't know what the how to end on a positive note, actually because i um we're we're into a we're in a real fight, and the fight is for the future of our country,
0: yeah, it, it, difficult times, sad times for sure. Uh, Congressman Tim Burchett, I really appreciate you. I'd love to have you back on again down the line. Thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on the Alec Lake Show. Hey,
2: it's been my pleasure, brother. And I, I um, Anytime. And if I ever get up to Jersey, I want to come visit you. That'd be cool.
0: You got it. We'll make it happen.
2: Thanks, Thank you, Congressman. Brother. See you, man. Bye-bye. All
0: right. Very grateful that Congressman Tim Burchett took a few minutes of his day uh, to spend it here with us on the Alec Lake Show. Let me know what you thought about the interview. Hit me in the chat down below or leave a comment. Uh, Tell me what you think about it. Listen, I, I know it, it's, it's frustrating to even hear him say it's hard to go out on a good note here. And and it is. It's hard to find that silver lining right now, especially when it just seems like everything is going against the Republicans. And I still cannot believe that so many people are voting for the same thing that we're seeing in this country. It's just mind boggling that that this many people... Uh, Our voting Democrat is uh, beyond me. So uh, we're going to talk now more about all this stuff. Now, obviously, we talked to uh, Tim Burchett is somebody that voted against the continuing resolution. My next guest, uh, Congressman Troy Nels, is somebody that voted for it to put it through. Uh, the continuing resolution. So we're going to find out why, and we're going to get into so much more with that. So after my interview with Congressman Troy Nels, I will be speaking with Roger Stone, who's going to join me to close out the podcast today. So make sure you stay tuned for it all. Right now, I'm going to hit you with a quick spot. I'm back on the other side with Congressman Troy Nels.
1: You're listening to The Alec Lay Show. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back the my pillow guy and you're looking good still feeling good well just when you thought it couldn't get any better we've got the best pillow ever my pillow 2.0 wow
3: it's so soft and smooth it's cool to the touch how did you do that
1: well we took my pillows patented bill and combined it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when i invented my pillow to bring you the best pillow in history my pillow 2.0 just like all of you I never imagined that my pillow could get any better that's why I haven't changed it in nearly 20 years then I heard about a revolutionary new technology and I knew I had to bring it to you all MyPillow 2.0 is truly
0: the next generation of MyPillow. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD to save 50% on the all-new MyPillow 2.0. You can also save $90 on the original MyPillow slippers, get the luxurious Giza Dream sheets for only $29.98, and get up to 40% off on the Mattress Topper 2.0. Visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD. Visit
1: MyPillow.com. You're listening to The Alec Lay Show. The future
0: is family. Welcome back to The Alec Lay Show. Yeah, this was the scene yesterday in San Francisco. This is the reason why. Uh, Gavin Newsom decided to clean all the homelessness out. We were talking Tuesday on the podcast about this. This is why Gavin Newsom cleaned the streets and the homelessness, the drug addicts, the mentally ill people. He got them all off the streets so he could welcome the CCP to town. Here comes the old CCP coming into town in San Francisco to meet with Joe Biden, who didn't even know if he was in San Francisco or if he was in China. And it's kind of hard to tell from these images because you don't even see an American flag anywhere. So disgusting, disgraceful to see what has happened in this country. And it's just another slap in the face to have this dictator. Uh, you know, they talk about Putin, 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 they, as if this guy Xi Jinping is better uh, than Putin, if, as if he's better uh, than, than so many of the other terrorist nations that you see in this country. This guy is, is evil. He is part of the new axis of evil. You got China, Iran, and Russia together. And so here we are, Xi Jinping comes into town and they clear out the streets to give him the big red carpet. So very sad and sickening to see this happening. This is the same country that flew spy balloons over the country. Oh, look, they're spying on us. Now we're welcoming him into town like, oh, yeah, hey, thanks. You know, Xi Jinping, if he didn't know, he didn't have to fly to spy balloons. He could have just came. They just give him all the information that he wants. He probably came in to check on his farmland as well. All right, anyway, we're going to turn our attention back to the U.S. Congress, the House of Representatives. Here, the continuing resolution was passed. Now, there's a few things here very frustrating. The continuing resolution gets passed. And also, we don't see the impeachment happening from Biden. We don't see the impeachment of Mayorkas. These things are frustrating me. I know they're frustrating you. We're going to talk all about them with Congressman Troy Nels. Congressman Troy Nels is representing Texas's 22nd district. He's been doing so since 2021. He was the former sheriff of Fort Bend County in Texas. Uh, So honor him for his service. And I'm grateful that he's given me a few minutes of his time here on The Alec Lay Show. We got him in a Zoom room. Let's bring him in. Joining me now, Congressman Troy Nels. Welcome to the Alec Lay Show. It's good to be with you, Alec. Thank you for having me, buddy. Well, thank you for taking the time. Uh, just before you jumped on here, I was speaking with uh, your colleague, Tim Burchett, who was trending all over the place yesterday for the altercation with the former speaker there, Kevin McCarthy, uh, saying he elbowed him. The girl from NPR seemed to confirm that. What's your take on that entire fiasco here?
4: I don't know. I Nobody hit me in the kidneys today. Uh, I'd probably tell Tim, drink plenty of water, eventually the pain will subside and you'll be okay. I don't know. I mean, listen, this has been a very, very difficult week. Um, And I think the media, the dishonest media, the left, they're enjoying this, seeing Republicans, whether they're physically assaulting each other in hallways in our nation's capital or calling names to people. We've got people calling names. Uh, And then, of course, you saw Mark Wayne Mullen. Uh, That guy would have had his he's lucky that Mark Wayne Mullen didn't fulfill his when he stood up uh, in the Senate side. But I think people are getting a little stressed. It's been 10 weeks. Let's go home and be thankful. Hang out with our families and and just uh, just try to enjoy some family time and some fellowship, because it's been a difficult time up here for the last 10 weeks.
0: Well, there's no doubt. I mean, obviously, the Republicans and Democrats are always fighting, but we're seeing Republicans fighting with one another right now. A lot of infighting in the party, in the GOP. We're seeing it with the Trump and DeSantis camps. It's just uh, so toxic right now, everything that's going on in the political field, especially for the GOP. And I got to get your take here. Uh, Speaker Johnson uh, passed this continuing resolution. You voted for it, along with Kevin McCarthy and 127 other Republicans. It comes with no spending reductions. It comes with no border security. Why did you vote yes? I voted for yes because we didn't have a choice.
4: We didn't have a choice. We had to reach out to Democrats because this party and listen, I'm a conservative. I'm part of the Freedom Caucus. And if you look at my voting record, it's very, very conservative. So don't ever try to attempt to anybody to try to call me any type of a rhino. But this is this is the reality we face when you have a three or four seat majority and you have a conference that is so divided. I mean, it's from this. I mean, it's very, very divided and it's impossible to manage. You could. There's 222 Republicans today. You couldn't get 218 of them to, to say it's Wednesday. You're just going to do it. It's impossible. They're impossible to manage. I said, the Lord Jesus could not manage this group of people. And so the point is, is that that I don't think Speaker Johnson, nobody wanted to shut down the government. I don't want to shut down the government. This is the first time I have voted for a CR. I don't want to shut down the government. But he had to reach out to Democrats because he knew he couldn't get the votes within his own Republican conference. Now, remember, Mike Johnson is the most conservative speaker we've had in a very long time. All the different candidates, whether it was Amher or Jim Jordan, I mean, we got conservatives, but Mike Johnson's a very conservative guy, and his honeymoon lasted about 10 days. I thought we should give him a little bit of time to get some wind underneath his wings and allow him to establish a footing. He hasn't had the time to do it, and it's not his fault. It's not his fault. I don't want to shut down the government. That's why I voted for the CR,
0: Alec. Well, it, it does say, you know, it did take a lot of wind out of our sails when Speaker Johnson did say that there's not enough evidence to move forward with an impeachment of President Biden. When everybody here has been just saying, you know what, there was no evidence to impeach Donald Trump. They impeached him twice. Uh, so it's just we we are sick and tired. We, we thought that this was going to be OK. Speaker Johnson's going to get in there. It's not going to be holding your feet back. We're going to go get this guy. And then to hear him say something like that, it didn't. Now, listen, I was all for Speaker Johnson as well. But to hear something like that, that was a gut punch. I mean, not like a not like a Kevin McCarthy punch. To the kidney, but that was a gut punch nonetheless. Alec,
4: Alec, I'll put a hundred bucks that says we impeached you, that, that the impeachment will go to the House floor. I'll put a hundred bucks on it. Now, will it pass? I don't know about that, but I do know that Comer and Jim Jordan have done one bang up of a job. They've done one hell of a job exposing this crime family, the Biden crime family. I believe that the evidence is there, it will get through committee. But when it goes to the House floor, I don't know if we can get the Republicans to do it. You know, there's not a Democrat going to vote for it. And if there's 222 of us, we can only lose, what, four? I don't know if we'd actually have the will to pass it within the Republican conference. Should he be impeached? I believe he should. He'd have my vote for impeachment. Now, we know it's dead in the Senate. It's not going anywhere. But Alec, I want to impeach him, but I also want him to be the Democrat nominee I want Joe Biden to be mano a mano with Donald Trump in 2024 because Donald Trump will beat him for a second time.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Congressman, and I, I think he, i think he obviously on paper, he be, I think he buries Biden in another election. I think he buried yeah. him the first time, but yeah. we, if we don't change something, I think it's going to be the similar result, because however they were able to push it through last time, uh, th- that's a whole other category. I just wanted to stick to this one right now, too, because another one of these disappointments was trying to impeach uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, because if you can't impeach this guy, how are we going to impeach Joe Biden? This guy's destroyed our southern border. People are flying through there. you got terrorists coming through, uh, child... Uh, uh, sex traffickers coming through with kids and, and we couldn't even get this guy impeached. Like this, this is what's driving everybody crazy. Alec,
3: let me,
4: sh- let me share with you a little bit of the reality up here. Sometimes, unfortunately, it's the messenger. It's the messenger. I believe that, I guess there were eight that voted against impeachment of Mayorkas. There were about eight. I know one of them very, very well. And their attitude was this. listen, I support the impeachment, but it should go through the committee of jurisdiction. Now, whether that's Homeland Security or Judiciary, I'd probably say it's more Homeland Security. And I know Mark Green, the chair of it, he believes he should be impeached. It should go through that process. Now, did the Democrats go through that process with Donald Trump when it came to J6? No, they didn't. But what did we do? We complained about it. What have we done right now with the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden? It's going through the proper channels of the committees of jurisdiction. Oversight, judiciary, we're doing that. And we they're doing a bang-up job, Comer and, and, and Jim Jordan. We're exposing the family. I think we'll get them through the committees and it will go to the House floor. As I said, I don't know if we'll actually truly impeach Joe Biden. But I think some of the eight believe that it should have gone through regular order, normal process. Now, you could sit here and say, well, why didn't it happen? I think sometimes we have members up here and I have the data, whether you like it or not, whether you agree or not. But we had a thing for, Risha T- for Tlaib. The member said, we got to do the censor to It didn't pass. It didn't pass. But then there was another member that did it what a few days later and it passed. So sometimes I believe some of it is based on, listen, if people don't like you up here and you're nothing but an agitator in many, many ways, I don't care what type of a resolution you have or what type of a plan you have or bill, people just aren't going to listen. And I think that, that is the reality, Alec. That is the reality. If you would have taken it and given it to a member, uh, some other member, it would probably passed.
0: Wow. Yeah, yeah, I mean, good point. Uh, I, I think that's a good point. Now, one, one of the things, too, I think that some of the p- problem that we have there in the House is that you have a Trump camp and, an, and a never-Trumper camp, and you have people that are, maybe suffer from Trump derangement syndrome within, the own, within our Republican Party here, and it just seems like that could be a part of this distraction that we have at the House. How much does that play into it? How much does it play into it when you're trying to get something done there?
4: I, I, don't, I don't think much at all, Alec. I mean, I think a lot of the people up here in the House of Representatives are pro-Trump. I don't think, I mean, I wanted him to be the speaker. Uh, Would I have been able to get that done? Um, That would have been awesome. There are people people that said he needs to be our president and this would be a a, a distraction for him. We do know, I do know there are about three or four members that either want to see, I think, Nikki Haley or or Ron DeSanctimonious. I don't agree with that. But I think a majority of the Republican conference want to see Donald Trump. He is the clear leader of our party. He's going to be our nominee. Make no mistake about it. But I don't think that is a distractor. I don't think that's a distractor, quite honestly, at all. The distractor is, is this place has been dysfunctional for decades. And we've got guys like me and others in the Freedom Caucus that want to see that fiscal restraint and this and that. But how do you get there? How do you get there? And how do you navigate those waters? And for some of us, it's like if there's something we don't like, I'm, I'm dug in now. I'm digging in and I'm not negotiating. And that's what happened here with Speaker Johnson. He knew there were Republicans that were gonna dig in, and he's thinking, I can't shut down the government over the holidays? No way. We got three days, there's gonna be more people traveling over Thanksgiving than ever before, right? What are we not gonna pay TSA? So the American people, the millions of people traveling over Thanksgiving, good luck with that, trying to get through an airport getting delayed because you don't have TSA agents. The point is is that we have to, we 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 don't really want to compromise anymore because there are some members that are so dug in compromises out of their vocabulary
0: I, it's I not. Give- don't get me wrong, Cosby, it's easy for me to sit here and pass the judgment from, from afar. I'm not in there. I'm not in the fight with you guys. I don't see it. It's just, sometimes you get so tired of seeing the losing. Like, we're still picking our teeth up off the floor from this last election where we were riding high, thinking we were easily going to have some big wins on election day. Disappointed. Hoping to get something positive happen with the impeachment of Biden. Nothing. Hoping to happen to is Nothing. So it's just constant, seems like, and it seems like the Democrats are more united than ever. They're always constantly moving the ball forward. They always control the narrative. It seems like All the momentum is there. We got Xi Jinping having a parade in San Francisco, for God's sakes. And we're all watching this. What's happening to our country here?
4: The Democrats have always been more united. Let's be true about that. What do Republicans do? We eat our young. I tell you something, my friend. You got four hundred thirty four members up here. Nobody lacks self-confidence, pal. Everybody has the answer to everything their way or the highway for some of them. Right. And if they don't get their way, they're going to be an obstructionist. I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and name drop here. But the point is, is that if we want to be successful and we made it very clear, I know I talked to Speaker McCarthy when in January. Then I said every decision that we make must be in the best interest of getting the White House back. Because, Alec, we could have a 30, 40 seat majority in the House of Representatives. Right. That doesn't mean we're going to get much done. The Senate is obstructing on everything. Look at our appropriation bills that we've passed. Chuck Schumer's doing nothing with it. So if you really want to change direction and fix our country's ills, put out the fires that we see on every corner in America, you got to get Donald Trump back. That's it. That election right now, with the dysfunction we have in the House, that election means more to me right now than anything. I mean, I want to pass conservative legislation. I want to do what's right for the American people, put the American people first. But I'm telling you right now, getting the White House back should be the number one priority of the Republican Party. And that means coming together and supporting the leader of our party. That is priority number one.
0: I'm in 100 percent agreement with you on that, Congressman. I know we need Donald Trump back in the White House. I believe he'll get there. Uh, and I know, speaking of the appropriations bill, I know that the House just tanked an appropriations bill there. Was that sending a message to Speaker Johnson? Is that why that happened? It was. Well, it dealt with the rule. It dealt with the
4: rules. The rule change. Some people that are so upset about the CR. Um, I don't want to say they got their feeling hurts, but but they it, it didn't go their way. And now all of a sudden now they're going to bring this in and try to you know, to try to uh, cause some, uh, some problems to Speaker Johnson. But I'm telling you, anybody that knows Speaker Johnson, just go look at his voting record. He wasn't in, really in leadership. He was the conference chair, but he he could make decisions on his own. And I'd be Speaker Johnson. He, I call him Mega Mike. He's Mega Mike. Donald Trump loves the guy. He loves Donald Trump. He endorsed Donald Trump. I talked to Mike today about some things. And so I'm thinking to myself, we got a very conservative speaker. He's more conservative than Kevin McCarthy. But now, all of a sudden, we're going to throw this guy under the bus. He's been there for two weeks. He realized he didn't want to shut down the government. He's been there two weeks and thinking, I'm the Speaker of the House. We're going to shut down our government. We would have got stuck with an omnibus that come through. Mike Johnson understands this conference. He understands that there's 220 Republicans. He knows our conference. He had to make the right, the best decision he could to make sure our government won't get shut down because he knew he couldn't do it just with the Republicans because we're so divided. We had eight of them kick McCarthy out. Did they actually have a plan Well, now they're going to say they were successful because we have a more conservative speaker and maybe we do. But I am telling you, if we don't keep the House of Representatives in this next session, it's because the American people have watched us for the last 30 days.
0: Yeah, so much of it is frustrating, Congressman. And I, I and just getting back to the point there, too, I, I do think that we need Donald Trump to get back in the White House to solve so many of these issues we're seeing. But I'll be honest with you uh, also with this is that, you know, we, we talk about so many things that are happening in our country right now. And we have got in my that's what I like about Speaker John says he's a man of faith and he's a man of family. And I think those two things right now in our country, we are suffering from having a godless, a fatherless and a lawless society. And unless we repair those three things, that trifecta, I, I don't think we stand a chance. to rebuild this country, it's gonna take a miracle. That's right, and I think the
4: American people are paying attention and they're watching. There's a crisis on every corner, Alec, you You're talking about just looking what's happening in our universities, with the anti semitism with the with the protests, with what you saw up here last week, with you know shaking and rattling the gates here at the White House, what you're seeing at our southern border, whether you can afford to buy a, 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 a dozen eggs at the grocery store or the be able to walk down your local neighborhood street without getting jacked or somebody selling you some fentanyl. So the point is, because we see all these crises across our country, I think the American people are paying attention. And it's sad the American people are having to endure this, but this is all by the Biden administration. And all of the problems that we're facing is helping Donald Trump and his cause because they're realized. You go ask that same question, Alec, are you better off four years ago than you are today? I think a majority of the American people are saying yes, they are. And I think there's some voter remorse, and some of the, the moderates, even some of the soft Republicans, are realizing they may not like Donald Trump in some of his language or some of his antics, but boy, oh boy, we're a lot better off with him in our country than we are with this goofball we have today.
0: There's no doubt about it. I've got four kids myself. I'm a railroad mechanic, a a, a diesel mechanic on the locomotives, and uh, we are hurting over here. There's no doubt about it. The inflation is real, and it's hurting families like mine right now, and we just need some relief. But stick it to the colleges, because my oldest is a senior in high school, and this is what we're starting to look at. And it's scary, number one, to see all the 40 million kids uh, or adults now begging to have their college tuitions paid off because they can't do nothing with their college degrees. And now you have this rise of anti-Semitism that you're seeing all over these college campuses. Some of these these Ivy League schools, which has been embedded there, we're just now seeing it because of what happened with Israel and and Hamas. But also, too, the other thing, now, I was down there at Mar-a-Lago with you. We watched Police State, and we've seen what's going on as far as the the, the muzzling that's happened to conservatives. You guys in the House Judiciary Committee released a report that claimed that Department of Homeland Security's uh, cybersecurity coordinated with Stanford University to censor and target conservatives leading up to 2020— And is this something that's continuing to happen right now? Or are we only looking back at 2020? Is this still going on?
4: I believe it is. But Jim Jordan, and we're we're doing everything we can to expose it. When you don't have the DOJ, when you don't have the attorney general, you don't have the DOJ, you're not. You don't have the guy, uh, the FBI director. We're being there's a lot of obstacles in play here. So every time, you know, where you go out there and try to do some subpoenas, we always have this administration this current administration is covering for their boss. They're covering for Joe Biden. They're providing that cover. But I think James Comer of Oversight and Jim Jordan on Judiciary is doing one bang up, one hell of a job, trying to expose them for who they are. And I believe that it's working. I believe it's working. Now, do they say, do we have enough evidence to impeach Joe Biden? I believe we do. Obviously, there was very little to none to, to uh to impeach uh, Donald Trump for the second time on January 6th. They did it without even going through in the in the impeachment inquiry. So listen, this is a there's one party rule here, there's a two-tier justice system with this administration, but we're doing a good job. I know the American people are base the conservatives want answers and they want them yesterday, but they have to truly understand that this is a very difficult process when we have the DOJ and the FBI obstructing our investigation. They don't want this to come out. I think it's a little late for them to try to find another candidate. You wanna put that pretty boy in there out of California that just invited Xi Jinping and had nothing but Chinese flags all over in California? I loved it. Not because I support China, but it's the American people are seeing that the left, they're absolutely crazy. They're anti-America. They're America last. So while they continue to continue to go far left, far left off the rails with the wokeness, all this other stuff, it's helping Donald Trump for, to get back in the White House in 2024. That should be the priority of the American people. You're feeling the pain. I know what, America, you're feeling the pain. But you know what? At some point in time, we've got to realize there's better days ahead and it's got to be a change of direction. And that's Donald Trump.
0: I pray that you're right. I, I hope they don't miss the opportunity. I expect to see that video of the Chinese Communist Party rolling through San Francisco. I expect to see that in an ad upcoming for Donald Trump. I hope that's going to be played and used. I, I would imagine they'll get a lot of use out of that video. But here, ending it on this here, Congressman, th- this is the frustration. It seems like uh, the, the Democrats play in, in the present. They play to win the day. They play to win now, just like we saw leading up to 2020. They got all these Uh, bozos to say, or these corrupt uh, intelligence officials to say that the Biden laptop wasn't real. When it turns out now we know it was. They they censored all the conservatives leading up to 2020 and they won the day. They won the moment. They could care less now that it got revealed years later. It doesn't matter. They win the moment. And that's the frustration. It seems like we're constantly losing the moment and then trying to figure it out down the line. It's the same thing the mainstream media does with the headlines. They could care less if the story is accurate. They want to win the narrative right now. And then they'll deal with that stuff later on. Whoever wins the moment wins the day. And it seems like we keep losing those 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 daily battles. I'm not saying we don't. But, but listen, when you looked at the 2020,
4: uh, the, the midterms here in through you know, we expected to have a 30 to 40 seat majority in the House of Representatives. Why didn't we get that? Now, there's all sorts of different opinions on why do why didn't we get that that big majority there? And listen, the, the, the Supreme Court's abortion ruling, the dishonest media. The greatest threat to our country, I know China and all this other stuff, the dishonest media is the greatest threat to our country because they can't be trusted. And obviously the, they're, they're owned by the left. And so that's another obstacle that, we're, that we have to deal with. But when you look at what took place in 2022 in the midterm elections with the abortion debate, we got to be better with our messaging, my friend, we got to be better. Because I'm telling you, I was at the polling locations. I had people coming in to vote. I've never seen these people before. They had six colors of hair, about four nose rings, and they were coming in here saying, my body, my choice. So the dishonest media and them, they obviously went out there and said, you know what just happened? The Republicans, they don't want any abortion anywhere in this country. That's that's, That's not what the Supreme Court said. They want to hand it down to the states and let the states decide. So we got to be better with our messaging. But what happened here in 2024 here now with with some of these governor races and what happened in Virginia? I, I believe that our base is a little grumpy and maybe they have a right to be a little bit grumpy because they want results. They are thinking, why hasn't Biden been impeached? Why hasn't Mayorkas been impeached? And the problem is, if everybody is just watching Twitter or now X, and getting all their news. I mean, we got a lot of people on Twitter and quite honestly, many of them are nuts. They're crazy. And if that is your sole source of information, Twitter, <laughs> I, I know why we are where we are today. Um, so I, I just think it's, it, this is tough. This is tough. I, I, I don't, I despise the swamp. i have been up here cause I said, I wanna fight the swamp creatures. But once you get up here and you realize if you wanna do something productive, And you want to do and put America first. There has to be, Alec, there has to be a little bit of compromise. If you don't have that, you have gridlock, you have chaos. And that's what you've seen in the Republican Party for the last 30 to 45 days.
0: I I know. And and again, it seems like the Democrats don't play that way. There is no little give and take. There is no play nice. They go all in. And if you don't like it, tough shit, that's the way that they seem to play the game. And we're always like, well, we got to give a little bit. We got to break a little bit. And I say, you know, sometimes no, we should stand our ground and say, you back down a little bit. And that's the frustration that comes with it. And just like you're talking about with the abortion messaging, that's exactly what I'm talking about. They got out ahead of that messaging when the Supreme court was overturned and they convinced everybody that they took away your rights to abortion. And that was total horse horse crap. And so that's. And again, I apologize to congressman for the language, but I'm just frustrated with it.
4: I don't blame you being frustrated with it. I'm just as disgusted. And you can tell I'm, I'm pretty passionate about this, Alec. You know, but my wife, I come home and my wife says, baby, you come home and you seem to be amped up and it takes 24 hours. And I said, love, I'm up there all the time. I'm up there during the week and I come home and I'm amped up. And you know why I'm amped up, my love? Because I'm I care. I actually care about what's taking place in this country. And the day I stop caring and the day I stop fighting is the day I leave. Because I think my district and the American people deserve better. But I'm telling you, this is broken up here. And the Democrats always seem to be more united than the Republicans. It's been that way. It just is. The old adage of the Republican Party will eat their young. It it is so true. But but I I don't know. I just believe I truly believe that in order for us to save our country, we need Donald Trump. You talk about the border, you talk about all this other stuff, the DOJ, the FBI. you got to get Donald Trump back in so he can appoint those individuals to lead those departments without Donald Trump. I tell you, four more years of this administration. I can't. I got a daughter that's a senior. I got one a little older than that and younger than that. But the point is, I'm fighting for them because we have to leave them a country. What happened to this country? They've destroyed it in 30-something months, almost three years. He's destroyed it. I despise Joe Biden and this entire administration for what they've done for the future of this country and for my children and yours, buddy. And I'll continue to fight like hell to protect the American people.
0: Well, amen. God bless you. Stay in the fight, Congressman. And I know now you're headed home for the holidays. I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. Love to have you back on at any time. Thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here today on The Alec Lay Show. Gobble, gobble. Trump 2024. That's it. Let's do it. All right. Grateful to Congressman Troy Nels for giving me a few minutes of his time here on The Alec Lay Show. What did you think about the interview? Hit me in the live chat down there. Uh, hit me with a comment. Let me know what you thought. Don't forget to share this broadcast with as many people as possible, and hit the follow button while you're down there. We're going to bring Roger Stone on in just a second. And as we close that out, uh, I, I love the fact that Congressman Nells is a Trump person. He's an America First person, and he's right. I couldn't agree with him more that we definitely need Donald Trump back into the White House there. But I mean, I am just so frustrated. I think you could hear it from my conversation with the congressman there. Just tired of the same old, same old with the Republican Party. That's always willing to give an inch, give an inch, and the Democrats are aren't willing to give anything. Why don't we flip the script on that? It's so frustrating to see it And again, as I said to the congressman, I'm not there in the fight. I'm sitting here in my bedroom closet, right, conducting these interviews, going to work midnights on the railroad and raising a family here. I'm not in Washington. I'm not there for the day to day. I can only imagine the amount of uh, the hoops and and deals and all this kind of undercutting and backstabbing that's going on there. So easy to sit here and call it, you know, from the bleachers. So I appreciate him being in the fight. And I know that he's there and it sounds like he's got his heart and his mind in the right place. So uh, God bless him for what he's doing. And now we're going to turn our attention, as we mentioned, the, the, the hope here. The, the only thing that's coming to save us is Donald Trump right now. Because I'll tell you, if not for Donald Trump, let's say he decided, he made an announcement that he wasn't running for whatever reason. What in the world would we have to look forward to right now? What, what would be our hope that we'd be clinging to in 2024? What, Ron DeSantis? Right? Vivek Ramaswamy? Who, who are we going to be, who are we be looking to right now? Uh, Now, I like both of those guys, don't get me wrong, but they don't have the power right now, the the pull, the magnitude to to make these drastic changes that we need to see in this country and on the world stage. We need Donald Trump in office once again, and nobody knows Donald Trump better than my next guest, longtime Trump advisor, been on his presidential campaign, uh, the great Roger Stone, so we're going to bring him on to the podcast now and get into all this stuff that's coming at Trump and just hoping we can leave this show here today with a positive message and some hope for the future of this country, because right now things are bleak. So let's do it. I got Roger Stone, got him in a Zoom room. Let's do it. Right, joining me now, the legend, Roger Stone. Welcome to The Alec Lay Show.
3: I'm delighted to be here.
0: Well, it was a real honor to meet you down in Mar-a-Lago a couple of weeks ago, and, and I'm really grateful that you're taking the time to join me here today for a few minutes. Now, you know, you've been a, a, you know, a a loyal fan or loyal friend of Donald Trump for a very long time. And there's so many people that are close to Donald Trump that ended up turning on him. One that comes to mind is like Stephanie Grisham, who was actually his press secretary, came out, wrote a book, threw shade at him, admitted she didn't even vote for the guy. Why have you remained loyal to Donald Trump for so many years? And how come so many people close to him end up turning?
3: Well, first of all, we have been friends for 45 years. Uh, I was uh, a guest at his wedding, my wife and I, when he uh, married uh, Melania. Uh, I was also a guest at his wedding when he married uh, Marla Maples. In fact, I s- sat with Smoking Joe Frazier. It was one of the great highlights of my life. Uh, and as you know, um I was uh, relentlessly pursued by Robert Mueller, not because I did anything wrong, but to try to pressure me into false testimony against Donald Trump trying to connect him to the Russians. It would have been a lie, and I refused to do it. Uh, I uh, have had an excellent relationship with him, but I think the fundamental problem is uh, just because you hire a rhino doesn't mean they're no longer rhinos. Uh, And I think uh, one of the things that Donald Trump he was a great president, despite the fact that he had no political experience. I think he would admit that he made a few mistakes, mostly in the personnel area. I think that's because when he first got to Washington, not coming from politics, he assumed like with Reagan, all the Republicans were with him and all the Democrats were against him. Of course, that was never true. Half of the Republicans um, hated him and wanted to get rid of him because they're really part of a uniparty of a status quo party or the party of the uh, the ruling elite, the party of the establishment, perfectly willing to see our constitutional liberties go down the toilet uh, for the right amount of cash. So you hire somebody whose pedigree would indicate that they're not America first. They may not even really be conservatives. They might have Republican credentials, as in Bush credentials. Uh, unfortunately, I think there were too many of those in the administration Uh, And those are the people who have turned on him. But uh, the most important thing, of course, is that the voters haven't turned on him. In other words, at the grassroots level of the modern Republican Party, Donald Trump has never been stronger than he is right now. Uh, He is uh, he is uh, uh, he is uh, an overshadowing figure over the party. uh, And he's remade the party in his own image, as Eisenhower did, as as uh, Reagan certainly did. Uh, as uh, as Nixon did, uh, but this is this is the way it is. that's always been that way. Of course, you know, McKinley made his name, his the party in his image. Lincoln made the party in him his image. We are now the working class America first, middle class blue collar working person's party. We're no longer the party of the country club elites. Um, I, I think Donald Trump is unique. That's why I have stuck with him. He has enormous courage he has enormous stamina uh he's extraordinarily stubborn when it comes to getting certain things that he believes in done uh, and, and despite you know some personnel errors in the errors in the first administration he already goes down as one of our greatest transformative presidents so just think what he can do uh in a second term and we had the most robust economy uh, in our history Uh, We had the lowest levels of unemployment. We had billions of dollars streaming back in the country to create jobs and opportunity here. Uh, We had no foreign wars. All of our international enemies were at bay uh, because they feared him and they weren't sure what he would do if they got aggressive. Uh, We've lost all that. I think the American people want it back.
0: You're well said, Roger, and I couldn't agree with you more. I think he is gaining popularity as this goes on. A lot of people you know, seem to think that it's the other way around. But even from 2016 to 2020, he got 11 million more votes the second time than he did the first time. What would you say is the biggest difference right now from Donald Trump, the candidate from what you've seen in 2016 and then 2020 and now 2024? What is the biggest difference you see in him now as a candidate for president?
3: Uh, I think it's pretty clear that he's uh, now he's now awake to the danger of the Uniparty. He now understands that the World Economic Forum is not some uh, group of philanthropists interested in the future of the world. Uh, he understands uh, that uh, there are many quizlings within the Republican Party, people he helped, people he campaigned for, people he endorsed, but people who have now headed to the tall grass. Uh, he remains extraordinarily polarizing. You have to break eggs to make omelets. It's just the way it works. Uh, But Joe Biden is extremely polarizing and I think has far larger political problems uh, than Donald Trump. And and I will say just to what you were saying before, uh, I'm
0: kind of praying that people the way that they woke up from the pandemic, we saw people wake up from just that the pandemic was a lie, that the vaccines were a lie. And we see that by people only two percent of the American population got this second vaccine rollout that they had. So nobody's buying it now because they saw with their own eyes that it didn't work. And I think people are seeing now as they look around, they'd have to admit that you got, like you said, two foreign wars are going on, the inflation's through the ceiling, the borders wide open, what's going on with the school systems, parents' rights. People are seeing this. And I would imagine just like how they didn't buy into the vaccine the second time around, I would think they're not going to buy into Joe Biden this second time around. And I think that they're going to, they saw real results when Donald Trump was the president. and And they look back on that. And I pray to God that that'll be enough to hopefully get him back into office.
3: Well, I, th- I think we have to be uh, completely realistic, though. On the one hand, their weaponizing of the judicial system in such aggressive and obvious political way is backfiring among the voters. The New York Times-Siena College poll, the Bloomberg Morning Consult poll, these are not conservative pollsters, uh, show it. Uh, that means that the the deep state now resorts to seizing control of the Internet. They no longer will have the control that they exerted through social media, for example, when they stopped anybody from mentioning that Hunter Biden's laptop was not Russian disinformation, uh, and they pushed that narrative. uh, It's much harder for them to do that now with the Twitter exposures, although they'll still be doing it on Facebook. Google will still very much be in the act. Uh, siphoning information, making sure you don't see our stuff, making sure you do see every you know Biden propaganda piece. They did that uh, extremely effectively, as you know, in uh, uh, in uh, the last election. So uh, right now, the FCC is moving to seize control of the internet. Something has never happened in the roughly forty-year history of the of the net as it has developed, uh, and they're going to they ha- they're doing it in the name of equity. Uh, And they already openly admit they're going to censor things based on what they think, what they think is disinformation or misinformation, which, of course, we understand is they're going to try to filter out the truth.
0: Yeah, it's sickening to watch it actually happen. And and so, well, then let's get into it, too. I mean, obviously, he has these trials that are going on against him. Uh, the one in New York, which I think is an absolute just total uh, joke and a disgrace. And I, I know Laura Loomer did some great just showing with that the judge's own wife, how much she's been uh, attacking the former president uh, out in the open there now. I, I think it's so much of that is terrible. The one in Georgia is one that seems like this This Fannie Willis wants to drag out all the way through the election cycle. And she's using this RICO law or RICO Act. And that's what's helping. Like We saw this Jenna Ellis, who crowdfunded from Trump supporters over two hundred thousand dollars for her defense. And then she goes in and just totally flips uh, and, and and totally turns her back on Donald Trump. And it's what what is your take on what is the most, I would say, uh, troubling of these cases and indictments that are facing Trump? What's the one that you got your eye on that you think is the most concerning?
3: Well, I think in the civil suits, he's actually turned them to his advantage. That's because of his ability to speak. Uh, The judge fined him for speaking uh, in New York, but he spoke anyway. He was willing to pay the fine uh, because he wanted to lay out for the American people how absurd this prosecution is. There is no victim. Trump borrowed money from banks. Banks use their own appraisers. They used their own very expensive lawyers. They made $40 million in interest. Trump built successful properties and he employed thousands of people. Uh, oh, he overvalued. They're prosecuting him under a law that, under which there's never been any previous prosecution. Uh, and evidently, you know, the promoting of your values in the New York cutthroat real estate industry is pretty common. Uh, so they have created a crime. People see this. I think it's why he's now Leading Biden in the six, uh, five of the six swing states. Uh, we still have to worry about uh, election integrity. But speaking of Georgia, it's amazing how the Georgia narrative about what happened in the election is unraveling. A federal judge now allowing a major lawsuit that contains a lot of evidence of fraud in Georgia, uh, anomalies, irregularities, and so on to go forward. Uh, and more and more information uh, is coming to the fore uh, because not everybody charged in Georgia is pleading guilty. And some have vowed to get the information uh, for their defense, which they believe will undercut the underlying claim entirely uh, that Trump lost Georgia, knew he lost Georgia, and tried to pressure state officials to find votes. Anyone who takes the time to listen to the entire conversation with Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, uh, and many lawyers who are on the phone. And here's the whole thing in context. It's very clear Trump doesn't tell him to go find, as in manufacture, uh, 11,870 votes. He basically tells him, you have already inadvertently counted more than 11,870 votes, the current margin, in illegal ballots. When you remove those illegal ballots... And we can show you where they are. Then I would win the state. Uh, there's nothing inappropriate about that conversation. I think it's the truth.
0: I agree. And they, and obviously they're doing this because they want to do anything they can possible to slow him down. They want to try to stop him. I think from running. And we just seen now uh, Michigan, Minnesota, New Hampshire. They've dismissed this Fourteenth Amendment change to try to keep Trump's name off the ballot. I think Colorado's the only one that's hanging on there. Hopefully, we'll see that one uh, dismiss it as well.
3: Uh, but now I, I, I think that that's the most political of these. In other words, what you got, Minnesota is not a conservative state, uh, but you got an honest judge. who said, look, you just don't meet the constitutional standard that you're citing. I think we need to brace ourselves for uh, for a loss in Colorado because it's a, not a it's a bench trial. The judge is a virulent left wing partisan judge. She's been hostile so far. She's appointed by a Democrat governor. She denied a motion to recuse. So they, they, this is their move. Uh, that means we would have to then appeal uh, to the Colorado Supreme Court, which is also dominated by activist leftist judges, not by any means uh, an honest or fair court. That means this question will ultimately most likely end up in front of the U.S. Supreme Court.
0: Man, uh, unbelievable that they can do all this. So we do see that, like you said, it's not slowing down its popularity. The New Hampshire primary only two months away. The polls that we're seeing, it looks like, you know, he's obviously uh, crushing the field, which is expected. And DeSantis' value in stock has dropped. One of the polls has him down at fourth place. Some have him at third. Uh, and, you know, it's a shame to see because I I do like Ron DeSantis. I love what he's done in Florida. Uh, I I think he's a a great family man. He's done a lot for the fatherless crisis down there in Florida. But how much damage has has it done to the party with with this uh, Trump and DeSantis kind of going at one? I mean, I wish that DeSantis would have just threw his endorsement behind Trump from the beginning. He could have been a possible VP, pick the whole bit. But now this infighting between the two of them, how much damage has it done, if any, to the Republican Party here?
3: Well, first of all, if you like Ron DeSantis, that simply means you don't really know him. We'll leave that there. Uh, I guess what I would say is the person that has damaged is Ron DeSantis. It has had no effect on Donald Trump. In fact, it gave him someone to beat and he's beaten the daylights out of him. There were times when Ron DeSantis was leading Donald Trump in certain polls. Now he's in fourth place. He wasted a lot of money in Iowa and New Hampshire, apart, pardon me, in uh, New Hampshire and South Carolina and Nevada. Uh, he ended up having to withdraw everything from those states. He is now down to a a live or die decision in the Iowa caucuses. He has to come in first. No, I'm sorry, a strong second wouldn't work. And right now, he's not even in second. I, I think he may be, you know, I think Nikki Haley is gunning for him. He could get squeezed out to third. But the gap between either one of them and Donald Trump will be so extraordinarily immense that it really won't matter.
0: Yeah, I I do think it's it's ridiculous, and I know that we've seen Pence drop out. We saw Tim Scott drop out. You wish you would see. I know Christie is only there just to throw shade at Donald Trump. It's his only purpose is there to fire bullets at him. Uh, what what in you know what is your take on Vivek Ramaswamy? I've done an interview with him. I I was interviewed on his podcast. I come to find him to be uh you know a, a pretty sharp guy. I don't know. He's a newcomer to the field. What's your take on Vivek Ramaswamy?
3: Well, first of all, I like everything he says, uh, and I like the way he says it. I certainly love his aggressiveness. Uh, I'm one of those who had questions early on because he kind of popped up out of nowhere and he had a big pharma uh entrepreneurial background. Uh, and therefore I wanted to examine it. He had certain relationships that troubled me. Uh, but I have come to believe that he is uh, he's the real deal. People do learn, people do change when they're presented with new information. Only a fool doesn't is not open to changing their mind based on new information. So I like him. I think he's very clever because uh, he's really just proselytizing the Trump agenda on every issue. uh, Defending Trump when it is necessary. So he serves an important purpose in the race. Is he going to be vice president? No, I don't think so. Uh, Could he be in the cabinet? Most definitely. Uh, Does he have a bright future? Extraordinarily so. Uh, and uh, the fact that he's been willing to call out uh, the rhinos, for example, uh, it, it, call out the horrific leadership of the Republican National Committee, which is a giant money sucking machine that's not interested in electing uh, anybody but does want to make sure that we have plenty of private jets, five star resorts, champagne. Uh, shrimp cocktails, uh, makeup woman, special a hairdresser. We've got to have all those things. So we don't have much money left for elections. You understand?
0: Yeah, I know. It's terrible. I, but I, again, I, I think Vivek Ramaswamy is, uh, I think he's very well prepared. He's very well researched that he does come out. He does seem to, you know, ha- have himself prepared for these interviews that he does, and especially the debates, as we saw. Well, you said you don't think him being the vice president a couple of months ago, back in July, Uh, Roger, I I had suggested saying that, you know, my VP pick would be Tucker Carlson. Now it seems like that's gaining a little steam and momentum. Who's your pick? Who do you think Trump uh, goes with for vice president?
3: Well, sentimentally, I'd have to say T2 is my perfect combination. I mean, Tucker and I have been friends for 30 years. There was no more articulate and effective proponent for justice in my case when they were trying to destroy me over nothing. Now, I'm sorry, there was no Russian collusion. There was no WikiLeaks collaboration. You know, they they uh, they basically framed me for process crimes to get me to flip on Trump, which I wouldn't do. Uh, Anybody who looks at my case knows that. Now, uh, that doesn't mean when I go to the liquor store or the grocery store or the drugstore, somebody doesn't call me a Russian traitor. But that means they didn't follow my trial where the government provided no evidence to that effect. Uh, But they read about it in the media and you can see why they would be left with that stupid misimpression.
0: Yeah, I don't know how you guys do it, honestly. I don't know how Trump does it. I don't know how you do it, because there's so much lies that come on from the media. You talk about Trump-Russia. They they, they played that to death uh, for three years straight. Now, even still, the, Trump just gave the speech in New Hampshire, and right away now they're comparing it to a, a speech Hitler gave, and they're going, oh, Trump is Hitler, Trump is Hitler. Meanwhile, people in their own party, like Rashid Talib, is calling for the extermination of Jews, and nobody makes a connection and says, oh, these are Nazis in the Democrat Party. And all of this anti-Semitism that we've seen since Hamas butchered the Israel uh, Israelis has all come from the left. Yet they still keep trying to tie Trump in somehow to Nazis and Hitlers. And Trump supporters are all Nazis.
3: Uh, look, this is uh, this is Alinskyism. These, these are the teachings of Saul Alinsky, uh, whose uh, whose handbook book for leftists, you know, was sworn by by, by both Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. So it, it says in the book: always accuse your opponent of the exact worst things that you yourself are doing what did Jen Psaki say Trump will will weaponize the uh the, the the criminal justice system and go after his enemies really isn't that exactly what they're doing right now Trump will send uh send people to attack those who protest uh, is that not what this administration is doing through the FBI and uh, and Homeland security uh they say that he would set up concentration camps no but you have to put the people someplace before you deport them because Dwight Eisenhower deported 1.3 million illegal immigrants uh and we're going to have to start deporting some of the criminals and some of the scum uh, and some of the terrorists who've come across our southern border uh and we we know that uh, I think it was 281 were found who were on the were caught who were on the FBI search list how many got through uh, who were on that list that we didn't catch how many uh so the possibility of Attacks tax on American soil by terrorists right here in the United States is extraordinarily high. That's going to have an impact uh, in the election. Uh, you know, I still think our biggest problem here is that uh, is, lies not in the ability of Donald Trump to win. He most definitely can win. But having a free, fair, honest, transparent election with a hostile media, uh, with hostile social media still in a dominant position, Facebook still much larger than any other. Uh, Google screwing you at every turn in terms of the way they uh, allow information to be seen, uh, you know, it, it's going to be very tough and uphill. I, I, I'm praying over this election because with Jesus Christ, all things are possible. And, you know, I am a believer. I, I wasn't always this way. Uh, I'm certainly a sinner. I'm not claiming to be a saint by any means, uh, but I do think this is going to require some divine intervention uh, I know people over at Media Matters for America are going to see this Alec and say, "Oh, uh, you know, what, what, how, how uh, corny." It's not. I don't care what they think. I I only care what he thinks. So um, I still think that Donald Trump is the only man who can save this country. There is a path forward through the election, through the litigation. Uh, if all of these are going to be affected by events that we are we can't foresee. Uh, But I remain optimistic because I just don't think uh, uh, that uh, God will allow the destruction of this last best beacon of hope uh, in the country, in the world. Pardon me.
0: Yeah, very well said, Roger. And I pray to God that you're right. And I I love the optimism because we need it. If we didn't have Donald Trump sitting there right now, I don't know what we would even have to look forward to. Like if it wasn't for Donald Trump, I I think we'd be totally lost here. And we just see, like you said, what's happening to our southern border. And we don't know who's coming in. Uh, what their intentions are, and we just seen Xi Jinping come strolling into town there in San Francisco. They rolled out the red carpet. The CCP took over San Fran, and every and you have Biden sitting there with Xi Jinping, and they're all t- telling you about Putin as if Putin's like you know the worst guy that ever existed, and if somehow Xi Jinping is any better, in my opinion, I would think he'd be worse. Sometimes. I would think he'd be far worse than than, than a Vladimir Putin. Yet, it seems like everyone's just like, oh, yeah, there's Joe and Vladimir and Xi Jinping. That's no big deal. But it seems like, you know, obviously what they're saying is China has Joe in their pocket. And so and so many of these other countries, he's corrupted. The family's corrupt and he's dangerous to our country. And we got to start putting America first. Uh,
3: China has directly attacked us through the Wuhan virus. Right. They yeah. have not directly attacked us. We may be in a proxy war with them. But they have not directly attacked us. Uh, the, the Chinese continue to manipulate our currency. The Chinese continue to steal our intellectual property. The Chinese continue to buy up huge uh, uh, facilities in the United States, ports, uh, airports, uh, uh, bridges, uh, toll booth, toll plazas, uh, tunnels, uh, farmland, ranch land. They're buying up our land right out from under us. They continue to corner the market on valuable minerals, uh, coming out of Africa and Latin America. So if you need zinc, you may not be able to get it uh, for your product or, for, or to put into your vitamins or whatever it may be. Uh, they are insidious. They play the long game. Uh, it is reported that you have many, many military age Chinese coming into this hemisphere, uh, coming uh, uh, through the Panama Canal. Uh, they're massing there somewhere. Intelligence reports tell us. uh, But I don't think, sadly, uh, with the current leadership we have, the Chinese will have to fire a shot. I mean, I think they can just walk in and take over because they, as you point out, there's evidence that they uh, that they trafficked millions of dollars of bribes to the president of the United States through members of his family. Uh, No, sorry, CNN. When you say there's no evidence of that, there's overwhelming evidence of that. This is Russia, Russia, Russia in reverse where they try to tell you that don't believe what you see, believe what we tell you
0: and we see and joe biden is so unlikable almost unelectable it seems and we even just saw uh, the rock was just on joe rogan's show the other day and he said i have friends who support trump i have friends who support the democrats but i don't have any friends that support joe biden and i think that's the kind of the consensus we all have like who the heck would vote for this guy he's he's a terrible candidate he doesn't campaign you know and yet he had more votes than any other president in history nobody believes that that's actually the truth and i can't even imagine they're going to put this guy in the starting gate because he's so unelectable so last thing i want to you with here, Rogers? Do you think Joe Biden does make it to the starting gate? If not, who replaces him, and how do you see it playing out?
3: Well, first of all, let's not not let The Rock hide. He's a liberal. Yes. Uh, He's an extreme liberal. I actually met a guy uh, at the gym who was a stuntman who worked for him, Uh, and he knew The Rock had political aspirations, ultimately, Uh, so he said to The Rock, you know, Roger Stone is a friend of mine. Would you like to talk to him? And The Rock fired him. For being my friend, wow! Quite a guy, The Rock. What a guy! <laughs> wow! Uh, but I, 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 I think it's hard, I, believe, it's hard to believe that there is anybody who thinks Joe Biden is doing a good job. But I also think the strength of Trump derangement syndrome and its hold on these crazy people on the left <laughs> cannot be underestimated. I mean they 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 want they don't want to just beat us; they want to destroy us.
0: Yeah, and, and it's obvious. Yeah, and the Trump derangement syndrome has just gotten so uh, far out of whack. I, I hope maybe someday Dr. Fauci, sitting in a cell somewhere, could come up with a cure for it because it just seems like it keeps getting out of control.
3: Well, I mean, they convicted me of lying to Congress. What about him? I mean, I didn't lie to Congress. Nothing I said was material or 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 uh, or or purposeful. Uh, in his case, he lied about big picture things that mattered. Uh, things that I, any misstatement I made was innocuous in its impact. I I was not there was no underlying crime. In this case, Fauci was as lied multiple times. Uh, Rand Paul has nailed him for it, but he pays no price. Uh, If you sent a referral to the Justice Department in this administration recommending his prosecution, I think that unlikely.
0: And it's so sad. That's why we're so sick and tired of it, Roger. We're so sick and tired of seeing the same thing. It's like it's always slanted in one way, and they have control over the courts, over the universities, over, over everything, over the media, obviously. And it's like even though you know, just like you said, this guy is corrupt, and nothing happens. They never pay a price. Uh, there, there's and even and the Democrats play. Just had two r- r- congressmen on the show right before you joined me here, and it's like there's always like, oh, we have to have some kind of give and take. We have to do this. Like the Republicans play this game at such a small level compared to the democrats who always win the moment and don't care what you want they draw a line this is what we're going to do they go all in and they could care less we're like oh we got to change our messaging we got to we got to try to give a little bit here give a little bit there and people are sick of it they just want to say you know what the hell with that we're going to take this and if you don't like it the hell with you and we want to play it on that level but it never seems to happen
3: well as uh i had a friend uh, who was a rhino himself uh, a very famous political consultant mike murphy who used to say never underestimate the stupidity of the Republican Party. Uh, and that is exactly right. We continue to form the firing squad in a circle. Uh, the Democrats are united in lockstep for their radical agenda. They're all on message with their constant barrage of lies about what's legal and what really happened on January 6th and, uh, and uh, you know, climate change and uh, the trans agenda. I mean, they're very much in lockstep. And if you don't agree with their agenda, there's something wrong with you. You're uh, you're a white supremacist. You're a bigot. You're a terrorist. And of course, we are none of those things. So uh, it's 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 tedious, to say the least.
0: It is. And and those are things I think we need to really focus on. Like you said, the transgender agenda, like no no dad that I've even talked to. And I say this all the time because I work for the railroad. I've been doing that for 24 years. And it's a lot of Democrats that work on the railroad. And it's like even those guys that I talk to, none of them agree that men should be in the bathroom with their daughter. None of them agree that men should be playing sports against their daughter. No matter how many times they voted Democrat in their life, they don't believe in stuff like that. So I think those are kind of issues that we got to highlight and say, look, this is what these crazy people want to do to, you know, to your family. And I, I, and I, also the climate change hustle that's going on, all this stuff, man. It just seems like there's, there's so many positive ways to attack this Democrat party, but it seems like we're just helpless sometimes to, to, to make a point.
3: I don't know I would say this, and I think a lot of people miss them, but uh, Donald Trump puts out these long form policy videos, the forty seven agenda, It's very short videos, very, very detailed, uh, in which he raises all of these issues. Uh, now, because he doesn't he doesn't put them on uh, on Twitter, but people put them on Twitter, now known as X, they're getting some circulation, but they're not getting as much as they would get if. He put them up there, but he does of course put them up at True Social. And True Social is a great place to talk to the base. Uh I, I've had great success talking to the base there. On the other hand, when you're on X, well, then you're talking to everybody, includes including crazed leftists who want to sling, you know, uh excrement at you online.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. right. Let, let's let's wrap this up here, Roger. And I want to say. Um, let's play it like this. Let's say the election integrity goes, the election is straight up. It's a, it's an honest election. We get an honest election. How does it play out? What do you think happens in the election in 2024?
3: Trump wins, uh, not by a huge margin, but by, uh, but by an impressive margin, which in this atmosphere could be two or three points, uh, could be closer than that because they have all these advantages, control of the mass media, now control of the internet, and they've told us extensively how, exactly how they intend to to regulate content. So they're just moving the, the filter for control from the social media companies, where they'll still be dominant, to the entire Internet. That way, anybody who might be getting the truth on X or true social, we can start blocking that, too.
0: Well, I, I pray to God that you're right. I pray to God that uh, we, we will see a Trump, Trump 47 uh, president. And I will, and I, I know that he's the only chance we have right now without him. I don't know what we would be looking forward to. Roger Stone, it's really an honor to uh, get a chance to meet you, for one, and have you on the show, another one. So thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time today on The Alec Lee Show.
3: Well, let me say this. I love Rumble. You can go to my channel here, which is, of course, at rumble.com slash Roger Stone. rumble.com slash Roger Stone and start following the Stone Zone every day at 5 o'clock Eastern, live from South Florida.
0: Awesome. I'm going to drop the link to that right down in the description below so they can tap and get over there. Pleasure. Thank you so much, Roger. Thank you. All right. That was a lot of fun. Very grateful to Roger Stone for giving me a few minutes of his time here on The Alec Lace Show. What did you think about that interview? Hit me down in the live chat down there. Leave a comment. Let me know what you thought. Don't forget, share the broadcast with as many people as you possibly can. Share it on your social media. Tag me if you're sharing it on X, uh, at Alec Lace. And let me know what you thought. Let me know who else you would like to see here on the Alec Lay Show. Again, this is the first time I've ever had three guests on one show. And it's just, you know, people are more willing to come on the show because of you, the listener out there, that keeps sharing it. We keep getting featured here on Rumble. The popularity of the show is growing. And you're growing with me. Thank you so much. And please hit that follow button down below and share it with somebody in your contact list that you think would be interested. Uh, I like what Roger Stone has to say here. I think that um, there's no doubt uh, Trump is a special type of individual, man, because I don't know how in the world he puts up with what he's putting up with and And they attack him at every single angle. we've just seen his sister pass away. He put out that notice about what his sister had to go through uh, for the last four years because just because she was Trump's sister. The attacks that have come against this president are sickening and sad and a bad reflection on this country and And to leave it kind of on a positive note here, I wanted to share this image here. This was Trump yesterday uh, bringing his granddaughter or accompanying his granddaughter to her school uh, for grandparents' day and to celebrate the day at her school he took the time to go and do this i think i think it's beautiful i think donald trump is a first class father i think he's a first class grandfather all the way he's a, you know it's a shame the attacks that have happened against this family and and we never really we never even got a chance to even enjoy donald trump's presidency it was it was defense right from day 1 when they started you know they talk about january 6 but if you remember Trump's inauguration day in Washington, D.C., and I'm going to share some of these images here, the amount of anarchy, the rioting, the burning, the lighting of fires that went on, the attacks on police officers that went on, on his inauguration day. I mean, these are images you would think that were from January 6th, but they weren't. We saw all this on his inauguration day. And right from the opening gun, right from the opening dribble, It was that attacks on Trump, resist, and Black Lives Matter, and all this other stuff uh, coming at Donald Trump, Trump Trump-Russia. It it sucks that we never got a chance to fully enjoy, because this guy is so much fun, uh, and and we could have really, if we leaned into it, could have had a blast. But we didn't. They took that all away from us. They took it from us. And if they get their way, they're going to take it away from us again and never even give us an opportunity to see it happen in 2024. We can't let it happen. We got to do what we can to get them back in there. I'm doing my part here. You're doing your part. Share the show. I'm going to be back here uh, Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here live on Rumble. I will be, I think I'm going to have a guest, so make sure you follow me on uh, X at Alec Lace. Follow my Locals channel if you if you want to support the show. If you like what you saw today, you like the three guests, go through the archives. Check out all the other guys and gals that have joined me right here on the Alec Lace Show. Find out uh, more on the Locals community there. So uh, hit the, the, the link is right underneath the video if you're watching on Rumble. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, the link is in the show notes. And so I would love to have your support. Love to talk to you over there on Locals. All right, so that's all I got for you guys today. I think that's enough. Uh, you know, I'm grateful again to uh, Congressman Troy Nels for giving me his time, Congressman Tim Burchett, and, of course, Roger Stone. So very grateful to them, very grateful to you. God bless you, the listener. God bless our parents out there, our first responders, our military veterans, and God bless America. I will catch you guys on Tuesday right here on Rumble, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I hope you all have a great weekend. You're listening
1: to The Alec Lay Show.
3: Alec Lace has interviewed more than 700 dads on his award-winning podcast, First Class Fatherhood. Dads from all walks of life, including Tom Brady, Deion Sanders, Matthew McConaughey, Steve Harvey, Tony Hawk, Eric Trump, and so many more. Find out why First Class Fatherhood has been number one on the iTunes charts. Who these men are as fathers and how they raise their children is far more important than anything they accomplish in their careers. Alec Lace encourages his high-profile guests to share their fatherhood journeys and offer advice to new and soon-to-be dads. Let every father in your contact list know about First Class Fatherhood, available wherever you get your podcasts. Every day is Father's Day on First Class Fatherhood.
1: You're listening to The Alec Lace Show. The future is family.